Next on BYU Sports Nation, SEC Wars, a new hope. BYU football on a rebel mission to Rocky Top after Tennessee sinks to a new low. Are you buying Tennessee with a 73% chance to win this week after losing to Georgia State? ESPN thinks so. Plus, can BYU ease the pain of another rivalry loss with a win this Saturday? ESPN's Trevor Maddich answers that. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, September 1st. Second. Second. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. It's Labor Day. It's yes. a holiday. So we're laboring. We're laboring for you, people. Obligatory working joke. We're laboring. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is always willing to go down with his boat, Jerem Jordan. It's not actually true. It's just I literally just told my daughter, listen, if there's ever fire in our house, we got to get out, okay? Don't worry about things. We can buy some more later, right? Daddy's got lots of money, right. Benna. Uh, the bad news for Tennessee started several hours before the game Saturday. As a 42-foot cabin cruiser docked along the Tennessee River near Neyland Stadium, you will witness this Saturday, it caught fire at 7 a.m. and eventually sank. Uh, the fire chief said the four people and one dog on board weren't injured. They were okay. okay. That's the great news. That's good if news. they were, we wouldn't have shared the story. Okay? <laughs> the cabin cruiser was part of the Vol uh, Navy, a Tennessee pregame tradition in which fans travel by boat to games. That's awesome. I wish Utah Lake was in a better situation for this. And the name of the boat was, chances are, Oh boy, t- that Tennessee is good because Tennessee <laughs> lost to Georgia State. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, the, the season went off to a terrible start. And Tennessee played a game. That <laughs> yeah, was bad. The, the social media scene surrounding Tennessee has been inc- incredible. We'll get into some of that in a bit. I, I saw an interaction between one of our BYU fans at TX Colonel on Twitter said, hey, I'm looking for tickets in this section. And a Tennessee fan chimed back at him and said, just look around the uh, ground around the stadium. I'm sure there will be plenty of tickets. No, seriously, it's bad. <laughs> By the way, head coach Jeremy Pruitt of Tennessee is at the podium. He just said the following. BYU quarterback Zach Wilson reminds him of Johnny Manziel. Wow. Hopefully he means on the field, right? Wow. Because <laughs> if he's off, he ain't going to be here long. <laughs> We've got a loaded holiday show lineup for you, including Let's go. ESPN's Trevor Maddich. Yes, it's the first Regular season, Matt, it's Monday, and I anticipate that Trevor won't be too high on how things went in the rivalry game. Plus, we are tracking the foes, Jerem. This is a wild week for BYU's opponents that they will face this season, from USF to USC to even Liberty. There were headlines all over the place from BYU's foes, and we play buy, sell, or hold. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. The Cougars currently listed as a three-point underdog at Tennessee this Saturday. And that in spite of the Volunteers' shocking home loss to Georgia State. Hear what head coach Kalani Satake thinks about it all at 3.15 p.m. Eastern, 12.15 Pacific. When BYU media availability happens, the Cougars and Volunteers face off on Saturday, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on ESPN. 
Ten Cougars made 53-man rosters in the NFL. They are Ezekiel Ansah with the Seahawks, Michael Davis with the Chargers, Taysom Hill with the Saints, Bronson Kafusi made the Jets, Harvey Longy made the Jets as well, Daniel Sorensen, Chiefs, Jamal Williams, Packers, Kyle Vannoy, Patriots, Sione Takitaki, Browns, Fred Warner, Niners. John Denny was cut by the Miami Dolphins. We'll see if they move on from him. He's been there since, I think, 1874. Kainakua was cut by the Colts. If he clears waivers, he will be put on the injured reserve. DeAndre Wesley was cut by the Bills. John Denny, as mentioned, and Corbin Kafusi cut by the Saints. The guys that were cut could still be picked up for practice squads and or put on 53 mans later. The way things that have gone for the guys that were cut, I'm anticipating that a few of them will be on practice rosters, but we'll see. It's uh, cut and dry in the NFL. 14th-ranked BYU women's soccer, now 3-0 after cruising past Southern Utah in the Cougars' home opener last Friday, 7 to nothing. BYU scored five goals in the second half. Ashton Brockbank and Elise Flake leading the team with multiple goal- goals as they celebrate that home opening victory. Cougars and Utes, Friday night. Can't wait. And number nine, BYU women's volleyball went 2-1 and one this weekend, uh, sweeping Boise State, Utah Valley, but lost in four to number 16 Marquette, snapping a 30-match home win streak. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What a weekend for college football. I mean, a weird week one, and it's probably highlighted by Georgia State's upset of Tennessee. Now, to give you some context, Georgia State was 2-10 and 10 last year. They were 24.5-point underdogs in Knoxville, and they go in and win 38-30. Now, BYU fans are sitting here watching this going, okay, is this a good thing? Or a bad thing, mixed emotions about it. Because what are the expectations now for BYU following Tennessee's shocking home loss, their first home opening loss since 1983? And, Jerem, does BYU feel even more pressure to take care of business because of what Georgia State did coming off of a loss? I'll ask you simply, does BYU have to beat Tennessee now? Yes, because USC and Washington are after that. If BYU doesn't beat Tennessee, they're in serious danger of going on for and Tennessee is crazy vulnerable. Is BYU vulnerable too? Yeah. But it's hard to know because BYU played a legit top 15 team. Utah's fantastic. We were hoping BYU would play a great game and have a chance and pull off an upset. They didn't, and it wasn't close. BYU got blown out by 18. To me, three scores plus is a blowout. BYU got blown out. Tennessee is obviously a game that BYU could go in and steal. Georgia State just did it. Yet, there are two sides of that coin, as you mentioned. One is Georgia State is on high alert. They've got to bring it. Tennessee's on high alert. Sorry, Tennessee is on high alert. Georgia State's on high alert, too, because they won. They're excited. BYU's got to go in and beat Tennessee. It's a three-point line. Tennessee is still the favorite. ESPN FBI, 73% in favor of uh, Tennessee winning this game. So those two are a little different. But USC, in spite of losing JT Daniels, the starting quarterback to an ACL, still going to be a good team. Washington, to me, is going to be really good by game four. They looked good in game one. BYU... They have to win this game. They have to win this game or they're in some serious trouble. You don't want anybody's LinkedIn have to be updated at any point this or after the season. And if BYU loses to Tennessee, they are in danger of needing that. Okay, so just to clarify, are you suggesting that if BYU doesn't beat Tennessee, they might not win six games and go to a bowl game or no, I'm just saying the minimum threshold? If you start 0-4, now you have to win six of the final eight. And that's going to be a challenge given where BYU's playing, who BYU's playing. I think for the sanity of the BYU fan base, 
and to keep people excited and invested in this season, because of what happened to Tennessee, I think BYU has to win this game. Technically, I think no. they have to win it regardless of the Georgia State result. BYU doesn't have to win this game. Like, you can still hit the minimum threshold. It's just going to be that much harder. So, no, technically speaking, they don't have to. But if we're talking about overall excitement and investment and trying to keep the fan base and get them excited about what's to come with USC and Washington and give them any hope that BYU can steal one of those games and still go 2-2 two and two in the first four, I think BYU has has to win this game. Yes, just for confidence and for the for the sake of the team, for confidence moving forward. Like, is BYU, do they have a chance to beat USC Washington or even win on the road against a pretty good Toledo team? I, I think the Cougars need this. They need some swagger back after just laying an egg against Utah. I think even if Tennessee had blown out Georgia State 70 to nothing, that BYU still would have needed this win. Because Tennessee- well, the expectation's different, though. Wouldn't you agree? Like, the expectation has entirely changed where it's like, BYU better win now instead of, ah, they really need to win to salvage something. I just feel like the expectation has totally changed because of what happened. Yes, and there's some, there's some false reality in that situation, right? It, remember, in BYU's last 14 games, they've won half of them. It's not like BYU is this world beater that's going to go into Tennessee and whoop up on them. Maybe they will. Maybe the offense is as explosive as we hope. What I'm saying is if you don't beat Tennessee, USC is extremely talented. I watched that Fresno State game. USC is a good team. Almost blew it at the end. But now they don't have their starting quarterback. Perhaps that's, it's a little slower. Those receivers are just incredible. USC flies around on defense. Washington, because it's the fourth power five in a row, even if they were just – Mediocre. I still think that'd be an incredibly tough game, let alone a top 15 team. They've got some pretty good receivers, too. I I think BYU's got little to no chance in the Washington game just because it's the fourth power five in a row, let alone how good Washington is. If they pull off that upset, that'd be the upset of upsets to me this season with this. I think the pressure's on now. Like, yes, there's more pressure to win this game. But to me, if BYU starts 0-4, they're in some real danger the rest of the season because Boise State's good. Toledo's solid. South Florida doesn't look very good, maybe, but BYU's never won in Florida. Maybe they can break that streak. And then San Diego State, who knows, at the end of the season. There's not six gimmies on the schedule. There's only three. Again, I'm not sure how I feel about Tennessee losing this game and the wish- following uh, result of what it now does to BYU fans and the team mentally, where it's like, oh, man. We should win. Really? Should? Why? Well, why should BYU win? Vegas says BYU shouldn't win. They have the Cougars as a three-point underdog. Right. I, I think it's dangerous to think that BYU is better than Tennessee right now. What is BYU? BYU's won half of its games from the start of last year to now. Half. BYU's not a good team right now. They've got to show that they're good. I do believe, though, that BYU can go in and beat Tennessee. I don't think they should. I definitely think they could. Okay. Yeah. Topic two, one game in. The quest for perfection's over. Sorry, everybody. But BYU still has 11 regular season games. Spencer, is BYU still on track to achieve its season goals? Yes. Why is this even a question? It's we're one game in. We're one game in. Like, is everything out the window? Oh, it's over. The season, the aspirations, oh, it's done. Come on. Calm down. One game against... Maybe the best team or highest ranked team BYU will face all year. I know it's Utah and I know it stinks and I know it hurts, but it's one game. 
I, th- I think BYU will win seven games. I had them taking a step in the right direction. Jeremy, you have BYU winning eight games. Yeah, they've got to win this week. Eight games is still attainable. Zach Wilson had a bad game against probably the best defense he will face all season. It, it's the first game back after his shoulder surgery going against a defense that's probably going to have five draft picks. Five! That's, and I'm, that, there might even be more. So, no, it, it's not all is lost. BYU is still on track to achieve the season goals. They can still have a winning record against their rivals. They have Boise State at home. They get to play Utah State. BYU can still go to a bowl game. They can still win more games than they did last year and take another step in the right direction. Yes, they're on track to achieve the season goals. Like, can what has one game changed everything for people? What one game? I just feel like that is such a myopic view. Like, take off the blinders, people. There are 11 games left to play. I can't believe this is even a question. Do you, do you agree with me, or do you feel like this is now that the tone has been set and the season's already been defined? The season's over. Cut the program. No, come on. Yeah, that game was Utah, though. That game was Utah. Had BYU won that, we'd be feeling very different. BYU, not only did they not win it, they didn't look good in it. So it's very frustrating, and I get that. Uh, th- but, and that wasn't just another game. I feel like you're phrasing it like it was, it was it's one game. That was Utah. I know, but BYU wasn't expected to win that game. BYU was expected to at least compete, and they did not, and that's frustrating. So it makes you think, well, is BYU not going to compete with other teams, right? It's too early, though, to, to, yeah, say that they're not on track. If BYU lose to Tennessee, now they're off track, right? Because starting 0-2, you're going to go max 1-3 and at best. BYU's not going to beat USC and Washington. It's, it's one of the next three Maybe two. If BYU's BYU going to USC. win one of the next three. Like it, I, that's what they do. If they, yeah, and if they don't beat Tennessee, they're going to start zero two, and that's uh, that's epic because that doesn't happen very much. Which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Thanks, Greg Rubel, for most of this. BYU started zero two four times the last fifty three years. This is something that BYU doesn't do. They don't start zero two, so they've got to win this game. But again, I'm the schedule guy, right? You always lined up these four power fives, and uh, hopefully BYU can go beat Tennessee, restore a little confidence, a little order, right? It matters how BYU wins, too. Like, if they win 3 nothing, like, it'll be, okay, that's good, but, right? Uh, BYU needs a good performance this week. And Tennessee seems incredibly vulnerable right now, yet they're going to perhaps make some course corrections and be on high alert in a way that they were not before. And BYU lost to Cal last year but got Wisconsin. But Wisconsin didn't lose a game they weren't supposed to the week before. Wisconsin won that game. So um, BYU could be perceived as being down. But Tennessee looks vulnerable, too. It's a really interesting dynamic going into Rocky Top this Saturday. It's been almost a quarter of a century since BYU started a season 0-2. You've got to go all the way back to Steve Sarkeesian's first year, 1995. And that season stunk. Tennessee, didn't go to a bowl game. Well, they were 7-4, and four, yeah, didn't but go didn't to go to a bowl game. game. Yeah, didn't win the league. Didn't, you know. Tennessee hasn't started 0-2 since 1988. So they're pushing 31 years if indeed they lose to the Cougars at home. Like Desperation in full effect. Which team's more desperate? Good gravy. Our question of the day. How did Tennessee's loss to Georgia State affect your mood about BYU football? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation 
on BYU Sports Nation. First response in from at NatJ213 on Instagram. Excited. Tennessee should come playing angry after being embarrassed at home while BYU is still trying to prove themselves after losing to Utah. Should make for a fun game. Yeah, the, uh, the urgency level on both sides is extremely high for this one. Oh, my gosh. Tennessee needs to beat BYU to maybe make a bowl game. And if they, if if they, they start 0-2, they're done. They're they, done. Yeah, and then you have to ask the question about Jeremy Pruitt, right? And, it, like, if BYU had a losing season, I think there would be real concern, right, with Kalani Satake. You can't have two in the first four and be sub-500, right? So there's a lot at stake for both programs. Uh, going into this game because you don't want to start, you don't want to be behind the eight ball to start the season. That would be awful. Tennessee still has to play Florida in Week Four and Georgia later on down the road. If right. they start zero and two, this is in. They're in the they're in the <laughs> SEC. Like they're not going yeah. to a bowl game if they oh, start zero and two. It'd be bad. Coming up, how did the rest of your opponents do last week? Plus, ESPN's Trevor Maddich. We're going to ask him which team is more desperate to win this game. And is he okay after another loss to Utah? This is BYU Sports Nation. I'm not. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Stay tuned after BYU Sports Nation for Coordinator's Corner on BYU TV. Find out what offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes and special teams coordinator Ed Lamb Reaction to the Utah game and look ahead to Tennessee. We are live in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Hope you're enjoying your Monday. We're going to make your Monday better with a Maddich Monday. ESPN college football expert, insider, and analyst Trevor Maddich, BYU national champion, joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Trevor, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. I wish it were under different pretenses, yet here we are approaching week number two. Here we are approaching week number two, and you said I'd make the Monday better. I think it would take about 25 Trevors to make this Monday better. <laughs> yeah, it's tough, right? BYU obviously lost and wasn't very competitive against Utah. What were some of your uh, your reactions to how that game played out? Well, first of all, good for Utah. It is not a stretch to say that Utah has a good chance to sweep the regular season and make the playoff. They're built to compete on a national level, starting from the line of scrimmage out. And if they stay healthy, they'll be really hard for anybody to beat, certainly in the regular season. So they played well. They made plays. BYU helped them with turnovers and penalties at just the exact wrong moment and, and not executing. And so it was a perfect storm in the second half. At the end of, of the first half, I thought there was a good chance BYU could hang on and make some adjustments and win, but then Utah just came out and just hit them in the mouth. And I think you've got to credit Utah, even though BYU made a lot of mistakes. It was Utah's first game as well. And I think you've got to really give them credit for playing a really good game. What was a bigger storyline in the BYU-Utah game? Turnovers by the Cougars or Zach Moss running for 187 yards against BYU? They were both big stories, but most of those yards came in the second half, and the turnovers were what really set BYU back on their heels. And truthfully, the turnovers you know, didn't need to happen. One was an exchange, a couple of pick sixes. Um, the second pick six certainly wasn't necessary, where you had Zach Wilson staring down his receiver. The first one, he was in the grasp, I get it, but I think the, the turnovers were the big problem. They led to 20 points for Utah, 
two pick sixes and a short field touchdown. And that allowed Utah to just double down on the grinding style that they played in the second half. And so I would say that BYU, when they play a team this good, has got to play flawlessly. And not only, not only did they not play flawlessly, they committed multiple massive mistakes that played into the other team's hands. We certainly credit the quarterback when BYU does well, so let's assess his play in a loss. Zach Wilson in the game, 21 of 32, 208, two picks, no touchdowns, had one sack. Uh, did rush the ball pretty effectively for 43 yards. Uh, what did you think of the sophomore quarterback's play Thursday night? I don't know who kidnapped Zach Wilson and put somebody else in his uniform for this game because he didn't look like the Zach Wilson we saw at the end of last season. I think there are a lot of improvements that he can make, a lot of lessons that he can learn. Uh, One of them is don't stare down your receiver. On that second pick six, certainly that's what happened. I mean, he he had two receivers on the left. They ran a little combination route where the outside guy went up the field and the inside guy ran a short out. But because Zach was staring at the outside guy running up the field, it allowed the defender that would have covered the the quick out to fall back and tip that ball up in the air. And I was watching Zach throughout the course of the game, and I played a little game with myself. Okay, if he drops back to pass, does he stare at one guy? Does he stare at the guy he's going to throw to? And more often than not, he absolutely did. And so this is a lesson that he can learn. He's still a young quarterback with a lot of expectations because of what happened last year. And I think that if he gets better from this, then it'll be good. And as a matter of fact, I think it'll, it'll be a positive for the rest of the season and the rest of his career as he looks at this tape and sees things that were absolutely correctable that he did that he can get better at. And I'm talking about things that happened that were him before the Utah defense came into play to disrupt him. And so, you know, he has the talent. He's got the moxie. I think he's got a lot of Tua in him from a standpoint of his attitude and his mentality. And I think those things can be very good. But the technical craft of quarterbacking, he, he needs to get better, and he will. Trevor Maddich of ESPN with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm always interested in the BYU beat themselves versus the Utah-dominated BYU conversation. Not surprisingly, fan bases typically take to one side. And I I feel like Utah beat BYU, but the Cougars kind of took the bat and handed it back to Utah and said, okay, keep keep going. Where do you stand in that conversation, Trevor? That's the right way to think about it. I mean, it's disrespectful to Utah to say that BYU would have won the game had they not made certain mistakes. Well, yeah, but Utah had something to do with those mistakes as well. For example, we talked about that second pick six from Zach Wilson. Well, when he was staring down that receiver, the defensive back did a fantastic job of reading it and did the right thing in order to make the play. That was Tariq Lewis who fell back and tipped that ball up in the air for Utah. And so you could say that, yeah, that was a mistake by BYU, but really it was Utah capitalizing on that mistake with really smart recognition and then response to that mistake. At the same time, you're right that BYU did have them the bat at times because you've got to look at bad plays from two different perspectives. One perspective is there's a bad play because the other team made you make the bad play. Then there's the bad plays that you made before the other team had a chance to force 
the bad play. Yeah. And there were enough of those in this game that BYU can look at it and say, you know, we may have gotten beat by a better team, but we still had a chance to win but for our own misfortune. You live in Nashville. You're in Tennessee. Uh, we've talked a lot about this game. We went to Nashville in the uh, Fan Fest, which was fun, and hung out with you. Now Tennessee and BYU is this week, and Tennessee lost to Georgia State. First off, that was, that was crazy, and uh, probably this could be a great or terrible situation for BYU. I'm not sure which one it is yet. Right. Well, both teams are, are deep down in the dumps. I mean, BYU lost and eventually just got smothered by their rival, and that, that is just nothing worse in football than that. But then Tennessee had a historic loss. I mean, people that have been around this program forever, historians of the Tennessee program are saying that this may be the worst loss in Tennessee history. A Georgia State team that won two games last year didn't just get lucky. And it wasn't just that Tennessee made some mistakes and had some balls tipped in the air and bounced the wrong way and all those things. No, they outgained, uh, excuse me, they had more first downs than Tennessee. And they, Georgia State, rushed the ball over 50 times. Now, they threw it over 20 times, but they rushed it over 50 times. They pushed around Tennessee at the line of scrimmage. It was ugly for the Volunteers, and they were booed lustily by their home crowd. Well, you know that they're, they're going to hear it in practice because Jeremy Pruitt, their head coach, was the defensive coordinator for Nick Saban. And hell hath no fury like <laughs> Nick Saban at practice the week after an ugly loss. Doesn't happen much, but my goodness, and you know that Pruitt is bringing that same attitude to Tennessee's week this week. And so you'll see the best the volunteers have to offer. But I tell you, they right now have got to be shaken to the core of having been physically dominated by Georgia State. The Volunteers fan base is one of the most passionate in all of college football, and rightfully so. They have national championship history in the late 90s. It's where Peyton Manning went to school, and this was the year. We kept hearing, this is the year that Tennessee turns things around, and they win seven or eight games, and they get on the right track. Well, they lose to Georgia State. So, Trevor, what kind of a team do you expect to show up when they're battling a bunch of angry fans and all of that negativity surrounding the program right now? Well, they'll stay with their process. I mean, again, the, the Nick Saban coaching tree the process. In other words, what do I do next? And the preparation I expect to be very good, and I expect them to come out and give BYU the very best they have to give. This is a team that's got some holes on the roster. They have some depth issues, especially on the defensive line, and they've got some very young guys playing. They've got a couple of freshmen that will probably start at right tackle and left tackle for for Tennessee against BYU. So you're looking at a team that, that is – it's got a roster that's got certain terrific capabilities. Ty Chandler, their running back, is one of the fastest running backs in the nation. I mean, he's really capable. But they've also got some places that BYU ought to be able to exploit. And so, you know, I expect this Tennessee team, whatever they do this week, it'll be the best they can possibly do. Who's more desperate for a win, BYU or Tennessee? I think they're both desperate for a win. I think that Tennessee has all the pressure because they're playing at home the week after losing to Georgia State. Tennessee fans will look at the box score of BYU-Utah and think that BYU is not very good, which is not true. BYU is a very good football team with, I think, a lot of potential that kind of is smothered by this cloud of awful after losing to Utah the way they did. But the ESPN has a, 
a metric called FPI, Football Power Index, that is predictive of what might happen in a matchup. And they give BYU, according to the FPI, a 27% chance to win this game. It's 73% chance for Tennessee to win wow. this game. So the pressure is all going to be on Tennessee at home as a heavy FPI favorite, even though the, the line favors BYU. That's, that's a different concept. I think that the pressure's there. So who needs it more? I would say Tennessee, if they lose this game, will be in a much worse position than BYU will be if they lose this game. Although, really, if BYU loses this, looking at USC and Washington coming up, there'll be a lot of dreariness in Provo. Does the Utah game affect how you uh, look at the season for BYU in terms of what is possible with wins and losses? Is it too early after one game to know? It is too early. And actually, if anything, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged because the mistakes that BYU made that turned the game were correctable mistakes. They have the talent to make those corrections. Zach Wilson, I still believe in. Uh, even though he threw those two pick sixes, even though he could play better than he did in this game, I believe he's got the ability to be what everybody hoped he would be coming into this season. So I'm encouraged by that. The BYU offensive line is still one of the better offensive lines in the nation. And this is a a team that we can't get down on because of that one game. Now, they have a, a ridiculously tough test coming up with the way the schedule shakes out over the next few weeks. But the lessons learned and how they're applied is what will matter. And I think one of those lessons is Tyson Williams. He did a great job when he got the ball in his hands, but he only had seven carries and one catch. And I think that BYU will, will learn some of those lessons and see what they really have with that guy and get him involved earlier and with more frequency in what they're doing offensively. And I would like them especially to throw the ball more to him and the other running backs. Trevor, BYU fans hoping there is a new hope in SEC country. We appreciate the insight and the look back uh, at game number one and as uh, we're very excited about game number two. Thanks. Yeah, you know, and I feel terrible this week as a BYU guy because of what happened in the opener. All I can say is Find someone you love, hug them, and look to the future. <laughs> That's great and the advice. Tennessee. Yeah. Thanks, Trevor. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, are you buying BYU's 27% chance to win at Tennessee and potentially start 2-2 two and two in the first four? Plus, we're tracking the foes after a wild weekend for BYU's 2019 opponents, including a season-ending injury to a star quarterback, coaching from a hospital bed, and an epic revival in Tallahassee. This is BYU Sports Nation. Breakdown Cougar football with Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Brian Logan. Tomorrow and after further review, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific on the BYU TV app with a rebroadcast on BYU TV Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 Pacific. We hope you're enjoying your Labor Day holiday and great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. If you're just joining us, let's keep it rolling with today's headlines. BYU football currently listed as a three-point underdog at Tennessee this Saturday in Knoxville, and that in spite of the Volunteers' shocking home loss to Georgia State last Saturday. BYU head coach Kalani Satake will address his thoughts on the Volunteers at 3.15 p.m. Eastern, 12.15 Pacific during BYU football media availability today. The Cougars visit Rocky Top for the first time ever on Saturday at 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Watch it on ESPN. Ten Cougars made 53-man rosters in the NFL. They are Ziggy Ansah with the Seahawks, Michael Davis with the Chargers, Taysom Hill on the Saints, Bronson Kafusi and Harvey Longy on the Jets, Daniel Sorensen on the Chiefs, 
Jamal Williams with the Packers, Kyle Van Oy with the Patriots, Sione Takitaki with the Browns, and Fred Warner with the Niners. Kainakua was cut by the Colts. If he clears waivers, he'll be on the IR. DeAndre Wesley was cut by the Bills. John Denny was cut by the Dolphins this morning after a long time with that uh, with the Dolphins. And Corbin Kafusi was cut by the Saints. 14th-ranked BYU women's soccer routes in-state foe Southern Utah 7-0 in the Cougars' home opener last Friday. BYU scored five of those goals in the second half, led by Ashton Brockbank and Elise Flake, who each netted multiple goals. BYU undefeated 3-0, hosts rival Utah this Friday at Southfield, live on BYU TV at 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific. And number 9, BYU women's volleyball went 2-1 this weekend to begin the season, swept Boise State and Utah Valley. Lost in four to number 16 Marquette, snapping a 30-match home win streak. What a first weekend for college football. And most of the biggest headlines feature BYU football's future opponents. Almost weirdly. Let's get to it. We're tracking the foes. And it starts here. Following a 30-12 win at BYU, Utah will now host Northern Illinois this week as the 14th-ranked Utes seek a 2-0 start. Enough of that. Yeah, they, and they made Clement pull. Who knows? They, only one team lost that was ranked. It was Oregon because they played uh, Auburn. Crazy finish in that one. That was fun. Tennessee. Oh, that's right. Perhaps it comes out tomorrow. Uh, Notre Dame-Louisville today. The Volunteers lost 38-30 to Georgia State, who was 2-10 last season in the Sun Belt. UT was outscored 24-13 in the second half. Uh, the Panthers outrushed the Big Orange, 213-93. Whoa. And Georgia State uh, received 950000 to play the game. By the way, BYU and Tennessee, no money exchanged to play the series. Just straight-up games. Hey, thanks for beating us. Here's a million bucks. Nice, right? The USC Trojans beat Fresno State 31-23 in a very entertaining game late Saturday night, but not without some cost. The Trojans lose starting quarterback JT Daniels for the season just prior to halftime with a torn ACL and meniscus. Daniels, up to that point, 25 of 34, 215 yards. Keaton Slovis now takes over as a freshman. He went 6 for 8 for 57 yards and an interception in relief. Running back Vavai Malapiai had 134 yards rushing on 23 carries. Next up for USC, 25th ranked Stanford before a visit to Provo. Washington, they ranked 13th, routed FCS national title runner-up Eastern Washington, 47-14. New quarterback Jacob Eason threw four touchdowns, 349 yards. Washington hosts Cal this week. Toledo opens the season 0-1, losing at Kentucky 38-24. Toledo never trailed in the first half, but different story after the break. Starting quarterback Mitchell Wadani threw for 122 yards, rushed for 73 yards, but he too was injured, left the game with a concussion on a targeting call. The Rockets, thankfully for Mitchell, have a bye this week. South Florida, the Bulls were demolished by number 19, Wisconsin. Is it even hard to beat Wisconsin? 49 nothing at home. Jonathan Taylor scored four touchdowns. Rushed for 135. Uh, USF has lost seven straight games. They play at Georgia Tech this week. On to Boise State. Oh, what a game. The Broncos, trailing 31-13 at one point, rally to upset Florida State 36-31 in Tallahassee. What a road win. Yeah, Boise game, State doing their thing. The game moved from Jacksonville, and uh, Boise State still flew to Jacksonville. Freshman quarterback Hank Bachmeyer. Yeah. Uh, went bonkers. He yeah, was awesome, yeah. right? 407 awesome. yards, touchdown, running back Robert Mahone rushed for 142 yards and two touchdowns in the win. So uh, the Broncos' youth, we thought might cause them some issues. 
showed up in Tallahassee. And, nope. and Florida State is similar to Tennessee in that they've been down a little bit, so that's a nice win for them. Um, Florida State was up big, 18-point comeback. That was tough, right? Marshall this week in Boise. Utah State, Aggies lost a Power 5 opener with a late lead. They did this in 2011, 12, and now 18, right? Auburn, Michigan State. Wake Forest. Wake Forest not in the same league as those guys. Pick to finish six in the ACC Coastal, by the way. Yeah, Wake Forest not that great. Um, they're okay. 38-35, quarterback Jordan Love. 33 of 48, 416, three touchdowns. Also had three interceptions. Though. The Aggies host the mighty Stony Brook this week. Yeah, they'll be one and one after this week. <laughs> On to Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Head coach Hugh Freeze making his coaching debut from a hospital bed. What? In the press box. Recovering from back surgery back on August 16th. Holy cow. The Flames, tough test, had 22nd-ranked Syracuse on the docket. They lose 24-0. Buckshot Calvert, the quarterback for the Flames, 20 for 39 for 234 yards. Idaho State, the Cougars' FCS opponent, begins this week against Western Colorado on Thursday. How about UMass? Beat UMass! In a battle of ESPN preseason bottom 10 teams, the oh. Minutemen lose to Rutgers 48-21 in their opener. UMass will host Southern Illinois this week. The Salukis? Is that what they are, I think? San Diego State. In what was Rick Majerus, uh, he would have called this the offensive showcase. Offense. San Diego State beat the Fighting Jay Hills of Weber State 6-0. 6-0, yeah. The Aztecs put up 238 yards of total on the dub. San Diego State plays at UCLA this week. Okay, so after one week, we're going to make rash generalizations about oh, okay. all of BYU's opponents. How are you feeling now about all of these games? Should let's, we do a win-loss yes, really quick? Let's, let's, let's walk through it. So Tennessee, okay. hopefully win, right? Lost to Georgia okay. State. Okay. Let's hopefully yeah, win. Yeah, let's lean on the side of optimism. You, I'm wearing my Brigham Blue Goggles t-shirt. Let's do that. USC. Oh, that one's, I think BYU could... Up, upset USC, but I think it's going to be tough. I just think they're so fast. Yes, but USC is going to be coming off of a game, two tough games, Fresno State, Stanford, then they got to come to Provo knowing that Utah is the following Friday. trap game. Yeah, Washington, loss. Toledo, Uh, tough to know. I don't know. South Florida, I'm hoping that's a win. South Florida win. Boise State, (laughs) probably a loss, but hopefully I feel less confident about that. Utah State, we'll see. Offensive shootout. Liberty win, Idaho State win, UMass win, San Diego State win. Win. Yeah. Win. They have no offense. Every week we'll do that. No, no, no. No offense. Those teams are looking at BYU going win, too, by the way. So let's count up the wins. So we, we just counted we just counted six wins and then a few toss-ups. Yay! <laughs> Coming up. You know what? You suck if you only win six. Coming up, the BYU assistant coach who wants to give you football tickets. And are you buying, selling, or holding BYU as a three-point underdog mm. in Knoxville after the Volunteers lose to Georgia State? This is BYU Sports Nation. Three points. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Tuesday night for BYU football with Kalani Satake, 8.30 Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on the BYU TV app. As Coach Satake discusses the Utah game, previews the matchup with Tennessee, reserve your seat on BYUcougars.com slash Satake Show. It's Labor Day. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Hi. This is our question of the day. How did Tennessee's loss to Georgia State, a 2-10 and Panthers team a year ago, affect your mood about BYU football? That's Shea Lawrence. answers on Twitter. I smell blood. Neither team played their best football last week, but going from playing Utah to playing Tennessee 
should be an advantage for the Cougars. Hashtag BYUS and hashtag Beat Vols. This is clearly the worst opponent in the first four that BYU will play. Clearly, right? I think USC is the second worst. And then TBD between Utah and Washington, both in the top 15 at the moment. I just think Washington always reloads with Chris Peterson. That guy gets great recruiting classes. Like Washington is a perennial Pac-12 contender the last couple of years, right? I think they've won it two of the last three years. They're fantastic. Oh, it's just, it's amazing to watch this whole Tennessee situation just go up in flames right now. Like yeah, BYU kind of had a similar-ish situation politically with Missouri, remember that whole thing, and still lost that game. This is a much worse team, but like they, there's a big distraction, and hopefully BYU takes advantage of said yeah. distraction. We all know Paul Feinbaum. He's the SEC guy, right? He tweeted yesterday, I've watched Tennessee football since I was three years old. He's like 100, so he's been watching for 97 years. Did his family not have a TV before he was three? He said, this is rock bottom. Ooh, beyond, rocky bottom? Beyond words, beyond belief. Yeah, that's bad. Wow. So it's, it's a great or terrible thing, right? I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about Tennessee in just like five seconds when we play buy, sell, or hold, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Ben Bagley, it's Labor Day. You're laboring, and we're going to make your life harder by asking you to join us right now. So, hey, that's all right. I like to labor on Labor Day. That's what we do. Okay. Hey, number one, buy, sell, or hold. BYU is a three-point underdog at Rocky Top. I want to say buy, but uh, it's tough to know. BYU faced a tough Utah defense. It's hard to know if this new look, new, more explosive BYU offense will show up next week. Um, I'll buy that. Yeah, sure. Okay, so you want BYU to be an underdog. You're buying that. Sell? No, I'm buying it because I like it because I think that BYU could cover or win. Okay, yeah. I'm, I am selling. I Listen, Tennessee lost to Georgia State. I don't know that they can handle the negativity that is swirling around Knoxville right now. I know that they're going to rally. There will be some emotion, and it's going to be a good week of practice. There's so much bad happening around that program right now because the expectations were higher than they've been in a – essentially a decade there, and then they lose to Georgia State. When Paul Feinbaum's doing that, and they're putting their dog in the transfer portal, <laughs> there are free tickets around What's the, the stadium. Smokey. Smokey. Smokey's entered the transfer portal, the <laughs> according Mountains. to a Kentucky yes. fan. <laughs> I'm selling that. No, I, I don't think Tennessee should be a three-point favorite against BYU. What does that say about BYU that they're not a favorite in this That's game? why I, I, th- I think on. that's kind of weird. Uh, well, I don't think it's weird. I think that B- had BYU been more competitive with Utah and scored more, which, by the way, I had someone tell me this morning, I thought the offense looked good. I said, dude, you are what you do, not what you think you can do. BYU scored 12 points. The offense didn't look good. What are you talking about? Scored BYU, a garbage touchdown and two field goals. BYU was a six-point underdog at Tennessee before Georgia State and before they played Utah. Only three points. I think this is more of a toss-up game. Next. By seller hold, ESPN's FPI projection having BYU only a 27.1% chance of beating Tennessee. Again, um, let's see. I, I would, uh, yeah, I would sell this because I, I here, here's the thing. Tennessee... Can we agree they're a dumpster fire right now? Yes. So why is it? Why does BYU only have a twenty-seven percent chance? My point and exactly. Why, and why is BYU a dog? Because BYU's won seven of the last fourteen, probably right. BYU finished the season well. They played better. Still, the, Zach Wilson as a starter in BYU is four and four in the last eight. It's not like BYU's done anything to really overcome the rhetoric of BYU's just like okay right now. 
If BYU wins at Tennessee, they're going to take advantage of a bad situation, which would be awesome. Then you have USC and whatnot coming in. Zach Wilson, I think, and BYU have to win this game because Tennessee's in a bad spot and to try and shift the narrative to BYU's better than you think. I I am sell all the way. Zach Wilson is going to be a gamer this Saturday. He is going to have a breakout performance in a weird way. I think it's, and it sucks because it's against Utah, but in a weird way, I think this was a good thing for Zach Wilson because he's been hearing for nine months that he's the yes. golden boy. Yeah. He's the next Jim McMahon. He can do no wrong. Oh, he I, hasn't I thrown an incompletion that. since December. It, I don't care how much you try and push that out. You buy into it. Okay. This was. Well, if you perform well, I don't care if you buy into it or not. I, well, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah. I think this is a necessary wake up call for him. And I think he's going to respond in the right way because I think he's mentally tough. I think he's a mentally tough kid when it comes to critiquing his own performance. It was not good. He's going to show up and he's going to have an outstanding game on Saturday. 27%. Get out of here with that. It's a, it's a bunch of junk. Next. Last one. Buy, sell, or hold. BYU going two and two in the first four games. Ugh, sell. I think BYU's going one and three. I really hope they go <laughs> two and two because that means BYU will win two of the next three. <sighs> yeah, sell. I want to say hold, but I'm I'm, a, I'm hold here because it depends on what happens against Tennessee. If BYU beats Tennessee, I think they have a real shot of beating USC. What if it's 17-13? I don't care. Like, you win a road game against a team that's desperate like Tennessee. They're all hands on deck. They might, they might can, just stink. If BYU is fine, whatever. <laughs> BYU is going to come home and take on a USC team that is still breaking in a relatively young quarterback it's not JT Daniels. If JT Daniels was playing, BYU one and three. Okay, I think they go one and three in the first four. He's out. Well, JT I'm, Daniels was five and six as a starter last year, right? He wasn't even that good as a freshman. Well, what I'm saying is he looked pretty good against Fresno State. He looked good. He looked really good in the first half against Fresno State. He was awesome. They got a freshman quarterback. They're coming to Provo. It's a trap game. Like if BYU beats Tennessee, coming just to maybe. Provo has been good news for road just teams. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it's like coming to Provo means nothing to me anymore. What's BYU five and eight in the last thirteen at home? Isn't it? That's the number, right? <sighs> these facts. These facts that you bring up, Jeremy. Are, just be better. They're bringing me down. Just be better. You know what? Just be better. <laughs> coming up, which Cougars made oh. the NFL fifty-three man <laughs> rosters? They're still good players out there. And a special anniversary rise and shout out. This is BYU Sports Nation. Throwing papers? I'm going to throw the flag on you, bro. This segment of BYU Sports Nation, presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Shout out to today's guest, Trevor Maddich of ESPN. I think he's going to be in a better mood next week, Jerem. Let's hope so. Let's hope we're all in a better mood. Yes. Show's on demand via the podcast and the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. BYU's back at it this Saturday at Tennessee, who lost to Georgia State at home last week. Cougars are a three-point underdog in Vegas. Cougars in the NFL. Ten different Cougars make 53-man rosters in the National Football League. They are Ziggy Onsen with the Seattle Seahawks, Michael Davis of the L.A. Chargers of San Diego, Taysom Hill with the New Orleans Saints, Bronson Kafusi and Harvey Longy are New York Jets, Daniel Sorensen with the Chiefs, Jamal Williams is RB2 with the Green Bay Packers, Kyle Van Noy might be the best defender on the Patriots, Sione Takitaki with the Browns, not a shocker, he was an early-round draft pick, and Fred Warner with the San Francisco 49ers. Soccer. Number 14, BYU beat Southern Utah 7-0 Friday night with five second-half goals. A pair from Elise Flake, Ashton Brockbank. That's 
the men's golf coach, Bruce Brackbank's daughter, Mm -hmm. in the home opener. The Cougars host Utah Friday night on BYU TV. Volleyball. Ninth-ranked BYU, 2-1 and one in the Nike Invitational to begin their season at home. They swept Boise State and Utah Valley on Friday, lost in four sets to a very good Marquette team, ranked 16th on Saturday night. That snaps a 30-match home win streak. Cross-country. Doji Taylor has been promoted to the Associate Director of Cross-Country and Track and Field Coach. Congratulations. Also, the women's cross-country team won the Big Wave Invitational in Hawaii. Cougars in the minors. The big bopper, Colton Shaver, two for three with a double for the Corpus Christi Hooks on Sunday in a 4-0 loss to the Tulsa Drillers. In AAA, Taylor Cole pitched a scoreless inning in a 7-6 Bees win over the Reno Aces. Michael Rucker gets called up to the AAA Iowa Cubs, second time he has made a AAA roster in his career. Today's rise and shout-outs. Jeremy, you want to go first? You go first. Sure. Uh, Eric Mateos, the offensive line coach at BYU, said he had a great experience uh, on Twitter at uh, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, and he said he wants to give out two tickets to people who have never experienced a game at BYU. Now, he can't give it to a student athlete, and he made that uh, known. But after from the Washington game on, so the final four games at home, um, hit up Eric Mateos and check out that tweet. He has some criteria. He wants you to sell him why you should uh, – Get that opportunity. That's yeah. Cool. If you've never had the chance to watch BYU play in person at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that's really cool. Yeah. He wants to let other people that haven't had that opportunity experience the atmosphere, and it was, it was an awesome it was, atmosphere. It was so good. Was Holy so good. cow! It was so good most of the time. Okay, my rising <laughs> shout out goes to the literally hundreds of people who have made BYU Sports Nation possible behind the scenes, working on our show over the past six years. This is our six-year anniversary anniversary. today. We launched on Labor Day, September 2nd of 2013. Here we are, Labor Day, September 2nd of 2019. The line was three years, so we went over, which is is great. And a rising shout-out to all of you. Like, we obviously would not be here if it weren't for BYU fans. And we appreciate you putting up with us through group therapy, enjoying the big wins. Like, we love what we do, and we're so thrilled that we've uh, made it six years. To another six months. <laughs> Question of the day. What did Tennessee's loss do to your feelings as a BYU fan and their expectations? Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Master Resort at Kiwi Jackman says, Uber superstitious after being a normal line of stitious last week. My son this morning told me that he would volunteer for being the first to take a break for housework. Not this week, son. You wore red on Thursday. You volunteer for Amen nothing. Amen to that. Jerem Jordan, Greg Rebell, and Jeff Grimes up next.